Hey everybody, welcome to another inspiring message recorded live at Eagles Nest Church. We believe that what you're about to hear will encourage your soul, enrich your spirit, and expand the vision God has for your life. Now get ready to soar with today's special guest speaker. I truly want to thank Pastor Liam Martika for this opportunity because I do not take it lightly that they have invited me to share the word with you today. I'm honored. It is truly an honor to be before you today. And I got to give a mad shout out to Maria, my wife, Miss Ebony King. Man, I love me some her. She is the one that holds me down all the time. And baby, I know sometimes you can't tell whether I'm the kid or the adult, but I appreciate you loving me the way that you do. Now, for many of you, this is your first time seeing me in this capacity. So I just want to introduce myself to you. Pastor Lee told you that I'm Chris King, and you have seen me on the screen sometimes doing announcements, but it's a little different doing announcements and actually delivering the word. So I'm going to just let you know that today I'm going to be a little vulnerable. I'm going to let you in on me a little bit. So you're going to learn a little bit about my history my background, my likes, dislikes, a little bit about me, because we family, right? We family, all right? We family now. And all I ask is during this process, you're going to learn about my personality as well, that you don't judge me, all right? Don't judge me. And my second request, is during this time, you'll, you'll understand that I'm so passionate about the Word of God because I have been spoiled by the Word of God. I have seen the Word of God applied in my life. I have experienced God in ways that I never would have imagined, and I'm just thankful and I'm passionate about the Word of God. Now, with that, I have not quite learned how to manage my emotions sometime with the Word of God, so you may experience me in a different level. I may just jump around a little bit. I might get excited. I might start talking a little fast. And sometimes I might even cry. But I'm okay with mine, right? And if that happens, if you experience me in that way, I redirect you to my first request. Don't judge me. All right? Let's go to God in prayer. Father God, we just thank you for this day, this moment in time, God. You supersede time, so you have divinely orchestrated this moment for me to be here to speak the word of God. God, allow this word to quicken the spirits of everyone that hears it. Allow it to transform lives and allow lives to never, ever be the same. In the mighty name of Jesus. We pray, amen. All right. Now, one of the things that I truly enjoy and admire about today's generation is their innate understanding of technology. It seems like from the start, they understand technology. My son is three years old. And I promise from the time he came out of the womb, he knew how to operate my iPhone and iPad. 
He understands technology. He knows which apps to go to. He knows which videos he wants to watch. And he knows which calls he wants to answer. So when mommy's face comes on the phone and it says, babe, right over the top, he knows that's mommy on the phone. Now, if it does not say babe and mommy's face is not on the phone, he will quickly hit that red button. So he understands technology even at the mere age of three. Now me, I'm a techie by trade. I understand technology, but I didn't, I wasn't born with an innate understanding of technology. My interest in technology really had to do with the fact that we had technology in my house that just wasn't quite technology in. And I don't know if that's a word, but we're going to use it today. All right, we had technology in my house that really didn't work right. In other words, it was bootleg. We had technology put together by duct tape, rubber bands, wood glue, and everything in between. So we had the bootleg technology. Now, my degree is computer science with a minor in mathematics and business. So like I said, I've been in IT for well over 20 years. I stopped counting at 20. It doesn't make sense to count anymore after 20. And so I'm a techie, but I acquire acquired the technology. I acquired the understanding of technology, not because it was innate. Now, my son, he will go directly to his videos, his Paw Patrol videos, and when somebody's calling that someone is not mommy, he will push the red button. Now, that's from technology, one of the greatest inventions of all time called caller ID. Now, when I was growing up, we had caller ID, but we didn't have caller ID, right? The public had caller ID, but we didn't have the caller ID. In fact, I was the caller ID. So the rule was when the phone rang, I would discreetly tell who was on the phone. Ring, ring. Hey, Mrs. Jones. Hey, Mrs. Jones. Oh, thank you for the peach cobbler, Mrs. Jones. Thank you. That was great. That was my way of telling my mother that it was Mrs. Jones. Now, if she didn't want to talk to Mrs. Jones, she would be like, no. And if she did, she would take the phone. We were screening the phone call. I was the caller ID. Now, the rule was, if there was a bill collector, ah, uh, tell him I ain't here. And you always knew it was a bill collector because they used your full government name. My mother's name was Dolores. Everybody called her D. Now, when the bill collector call, ring, ring, she tell me, boy, go answer the phone. Hello, is Miss Dolores King available? Ding, ding, bill collector. One day I was 14. I was feeling myself. And I was a little, you know, crazy kid, just doing crazy stuff just to make my mama mad. And the bill collector called, and I said, yes, she's here, but she told me to tell y'all that she ain't here. She smacked me upside my head. I got in trouble. But I was the caller ID. I say this because this is how some of us treat God when he's calling. This is exactly how some of us treat God. Some of us look at the phone when God is calling and we say, do I want to take away from what I'm doing? Do I want to take away from my activities? Do I want to take away from my interests? Do I want to push pause? Do I want to take away from scrolling on social media to answer the call? And then some of us treat God like a bill collector because we don't want to have the accountability 
of the call of God. So today, I want to go from the title, God is Calling. Pick up. God is Calling. Pick up. <laughs> I get my old preacher voice. God is Calling. Pick up. All right. Now, there are some words that in spiritual and religious settings we tend to use and we tend to assume that everyone knows what that word means. One of those words is calling. I'm following my call. Boy, you sure got a calling on your life. I'm pursuing my call. Oh, follow God's call. But many of us don't use, don't know what that word really means, and a lot of times we misuse it or overuse it, only adding to the confusion and the watering down of its original intent. So today, I want to discuss with you and help you understand what God's call is, how it relates to your life, and why God is calling you right now. That's what God's call is, how it relates to your life, and why God is calling you right now. Let's dive right in. What is God's call? God's call is his invitation for you to be who he has created you to be. Simply put, God's call is God's invitation for you to be who he has created you to be. He is inviting you to be an engaged, intentional participant in the divine process of becoming who he has created you to be. Have you ever gone to an event that you didn't want to go to? You were dragged there. Now, you went there, but you didn't want to, and your attitude reflected it. When you got there, you didn't want to talk to anybody. When you got there, you really didn't want to be associated or be engaged or anything with the event. As a matter of fact, you went there, and you said, at least I'm here as if you're doing somebody a favor. But in the process, you have contaminated the environment of the people that God meant to interact with you, and you also, even though it might have been beneficial, you may not have gotten the full aspect and benefit and value of where God was taking you in the first place because you were not a willing and intentional participant. God's call, he's inviting you to be a willing, intentional participant in the process of becoming who he has created you to be. So that means that our call is tied to our godly identity. It's tied to our godly identity. We cannot be who God has called us to be. We cannot live on purpose and we cannot be fulfilled until we answer the call. Ring, ring. God is calling. Pick up. So, let's talk about the reasons God is calling. Now, I'm going to give you four reasons that God is calling. And within these reasons, some may apply to you, but definitely at least one does. So I'm going to let you know why God is calling you right now. 
why God is calling you right now. The first reason God is calling you is God is calling you to believe. Everybody say to believe. God is calling you to believe. Now, let's look at the scripture. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. God is calling you to believe. The very first call you will get from God is a call to believe. This is what the church calls salvation or the call to discipleship. Now, amen. That's what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. So God is calling you to believe. Now, this is this call to discipleship was a setting up a student-teacher relationship with the disciples. Now, this call was a general call. It is a general call. It is a call to everybody. It's as if we are having a block party and we say, come on, y'all, everybody, come on. Let's party, let's party. Everybody is invited. Come, come one, come all. We're having a block party. We're calling and we're inviting everyone. It's a general and broad call. Now, even though it's a general and broad call, there still needs to be a personal choice to attend on your part. You still have to be intentional about, yes, I'm going to answer the call. I'm going to RSVP. I'm going to accept the invitation. So it's a general call. The requirement is belief and to confess your belief. That's the requirement. Now, this call is the ground floor. This is the ground floor. So the requirement is to believe but the expectation is to grow. There's a requirement to believe, but there's an expectation to grow. Now, when Jesus, when people, when, when the disciples, Jesus had more than 12. So when the disciples accepted their call to become disciples, there was a personal choice, but there was, it was not a full-time job. That means that they would come and study at the feet of Jesus. They would learn about Jesus' principles, the kingdom principles, kingdom philosophies, ideals, and the way of Jesus Christ. But then they could go on their merry way to their jobs and their activities and everything else that they had going on. There was a personal choice but a loose attachment. A personal choice but not a full-time commitment. I say this because this is why so many believers are okay with coming to church week in, week out, being inundated with teaching of the Scripture and then leaving on Sunday and not applying it to their lives and going on with their daily lives and all the activities without growing. They're okay with the personal choice, but they're not okay with the permanent commitment. This is ground floor. Ground floor is the call to believe. Now, the next call, the second call, God is calling you to come closer. Everybody say, come closer. Come closer, come closer, come closer, come closer, come closer, come closer. The scripture says, let's go to Luke chapter 6, verse 13. When morning came, this is after Jesus was praying in the mountaintop, 
It says, when morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them whom he designated apostles. Come closer, come closer. This lets us know that there was some distance between Jesus and the disciples. Come closer, come closer, come closer, come closer. So Jesus is saying, I need you to come closer. I need to establish intimacy with you, an intimate relationship with you. Because when you establish an intimate relationship with Christ, you start to learn his word. You start to learn his will. You start to learn his way, the methods that God operates. This is important because now you start to learn the real from the counterfeit. You start to learn real gold from fool's gold. You start to be able to determine the difference between God's blessing and the enemy's bride. Here's an example. A lot of times we have opportunities that we've been praying for. God, give me more money. Enlarge my territory. God, do this. God, do that. And we get an opportunity. But until we answer the call to come closer, we are not establishing an intimate relationship with God. We are not understanding his word his will for our lives, and his way. And so, therefore, when the opportunity comes, we think it's just what we've been asking for. We say, this is a sign. But what it is, it may be a distraction from the enemy because you're already not close to God in an intimate way, so it's a distraction to pull you away and isolate you so he can have his way. So, when we answer the call to come closer, you start to understand God's will. His word and his way. Now, this call is for you if you feel like life is overwhelming sometimes. If you sometimes feel like you take two steps forward and get knocked four steps back. This call is for you if you are in the middle of transition. This call is for you if you're tired of making poor decisions. This call is for you is if, if you are making the same decision over and over and over again. This call is for you. Then also, married people, if you are struggling in your marriage, this call is for you. Come closer, come closer, come closer, come closer. Here's a secret. This is a little secret. Now, what that means is that I don't care if you tell somebody. (laughs) This is a little secret. The secret is when you answer the call to come closer to God, you'll stop asking others for permission to move by faith. When you answer the call to come closer to God, you'll stop asking others for permission to move by faith. Let me give you an example. Pastor Lee graciously said that me and my wife moved our family here about two years ago. Now, he also said I was pastoring a church. We were leaders in our community. We were, we were doing, doing well, leading a, a growing church doing some great things in our careers and in ministry. We had a great living. All of a sudden, we packed up and we left. People thought we were nuts. Now, when my wife and I, we came together during that time, we talked about leaving and moving. We didn't know where. We moved here sight unseen. We had never heard of the place that we moved to. We had never been there. Matter of fact, it was during the pandemic and we didn't even see the place that we moved, the house that we moved into. We moved sight unseen. And we had just had our son six months prior. People thought we were nuts, but we prayed. We said, we came together and we said, let's pray to God. 
going to pray and fast for seven days. After doing that, we came together, and we were in agreement. And we was like, where's God leading us? Boom. People thought we were nuts. We stepped out on faith. And when we told people, they didn't take us seriously. I'm not going to tell you which family members I was on the phone with, but I had already told everybody what we were doing. Now, when we say we're about to do something, I'm going to tell you, that's really saying we are about to complete it. We've already started the process. So we told family members, and I was on the phone with family members, and they said, just let us know when you get there. All right, all right, Chris, all right, yeah. And it seemed like they were blowing me off. Just let us know, man, y'all crazy. Just let us know when you get there. I said, I'm here. In that phone call, I said, I'm here. I'm looking at the big tall trees. There's no more concrete of Texas. I can hear birds chirping. The air smells different. I said, I'm here. And I, I thought, I said, oh, you thought we were asking for permission. We didn't need your permission. My wife and I came together in agreement, and we came closer to God, and God led us by faith. I don't need your permission when I'm following the call of God. Ring, ring, pick up. God is calling. So we have the call to believe and the call to come closer. The third reason that God is calling is God is calling you to establish and bless you. To establish and bless you. Let's look at the scripture. Luke chapter 6, verse 13. When the morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he designated apostles. When God calls you to establish you and bless you, he's calling you to establish you and bless you to make an impact on the world around you. He's giving you the authority and the ability, and he's empowering you to go out there and change and influence the world around you, whether that's in your home, whether that's in your community, whether that's in your state, whether that's in your country, whether that's in the world at large. God is calling to establish you for purpose and to empower you to go out and influence the world around you on behalf of the kingdom so he can get the glory. So God is calling to establish you, but when he establishes you, this is what the church calls the anointing. So when he establishes you, it also comes with a blessing. He establishes you and blesses you, means he speaks well of you, and God blesses you because he knows that the road will be tough. It will be challenging. There are bumps in the road. But when there are challenges, you can adhere to the blessing because when he establishes you and speaks the blessing to you, you are supposed to remember it and recall it as you are going through your challenges. So when you feel like you're all alone, God has established me, and I know that he will never leave nor forsake me. When God establishes you and blesses you, I know that whatever I'm feeling, his grace is sufficient. When God establishes you and blesses you, I'm able to rely on the Word of God and keep moving. He's giving you the authority, meaning the right. Go out and make a difference. He's giving you the power, the ability, the skills, the talents, the gifts. Go out and change the world. So God is calling to establish you and bless you. 
Now, the fourth reason that God is calling you is God is calling to identify you. Let's go to the scripture. Luke chapter 6, verse 14. Simon, whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew. We'll stop right there. In 15, he continues with naming the 12. We see that God has called to believe. God has, has called to come closer. God has called to establish and bless. And then we see God calling to identify you. Here, God is calling you to identify you, not by your attributes, but by your purpose. I don't have enough time to go into this particular passage of just these names, but God is calling you to identify you, not by your attributes, but by your purpose. Let me give you an example. When I was growing up, we had nicknames for everybody, and it was usually based on your attributes. You were tall, short, or a little bit more round, okay? Attributes. Now, my brother is 6'7". His name is Marvin. We called him Big Marv. In school, we had an officer, a resource officer on campus. He was very vertically challenged. We called him Too Short. Now, when I was working retail, I'm not going to tell you what retail outlet I was working at because I'm not sure statute of limitations have run out yet. Okay? So when I was working retail, we used to hook each other up. And I was known to hook some people up. So I had a buddy, I had a buddy that sent his friend over. Now my buddy's name was Charles. Now I know a lot of Charleses. Matter of fact, probably if I ask right now, we probably have two or three Charleses in the audience. My uncle's name is Charles. I'm sorry. Man, I miss my Uncle Charles, y'all. Some of y'all will get that. <laughs> All right. The people that's one way, one sin away from going back to how they used to be, they got that. All right. <laughs> All right. But Charles is a common name. I have an uncle named Charles. And so I had a buddy, send his, a buddy named Charles send his friend over. And his friend said, hey, man, Chris, hey, man, Charles told me to come holler at you. That means Charles told me to come by and you would hook me up with some free stuff, or at least heavily discounted, okay? Now, I said, which Charles? Because by the time you tell me, if you tell me one Charles, that may, I may kick you out, right? So I said, which Charles? He said, man, you know, Charles, Charles. I said, Charles, Charles, I know a lot of Charleses. He said, which, I said, which one? He said, you know, Charles. I said, oh, big head Charles. Oh, yeah, man, come on over here. I know Big Head Charles. Oh, my goodness, head so big, every time he bent down to tie a shoe, he tip over. Big Head Charles, come on over here. So I said, come on. Charles was known by his attributes. Everybody was known by their attributes. Now, 
I'm talking about other folks, so let me go ahead and throw myself out there. Some of you may have noticed I'm pigeon-toed. Now, pigeon-toed is when your feet turn in. Now, it's gotten a little better over the years now that I'm adult, but when I was a kid, who's laughing? <laughs> who's laughing? My wife, she's the one laughing. Oh, my God. So I'm pigeon-toed, but when I was a kid, I was really pigeon-toed. I had braces on my legs as a young, young, young kid. Now, I still cannot roller skate to this day because my feet try and high-five each other. I know, bless my heart. So I'm pigeon-toed. So I have a common name, but when people refer to me, they didn't just say pigeon-toed. Now, Back in my day, when I was growing up, that sounds like I'm so old, but when I was growing up, bow-legged was the thing. Everybody wanted to be bow-legged. <laughs> if you were bow-legged, you were cool. If you were pigeon-toed, something was wrong with you. So when they described me, they said, Chris, pigeon-toed Chris. <laughs> so I was known by my attributes. But when I answer the call to identity, God says, no longer are you known by your attributes. I'm going to name you according to your purpose. You're a man of God. You are a beautiful husband. You are a wonderful leader. You are, you are a father. You are a great brother, a great friend. I'm known by my purpose and not my attributes. And some of you may not be known by your attributes but you're definitely known by your past. See, Peter had a past. Peter was a part of what they called the Zealots, a religious group that was fanatical. That means that Peter was a thug. Peter was a religious thug. That's why he chopped off the ear of the man when they came to get Jesus. He was a religious thug. So Jesus changes his name. He says, I'm going to name you according to your purpose and not your past. Some of you right now are suffering from somebody trying to keep you to your past. I don't care what it is. I don't care whether it's addiction. I don't care whether it's depression. I don't care whether it's bankruptcy, foreclosure, divorce. Whatever it is, God says, I'm going to deliver you from your past, and I'm going to name you according to the person I've created you to be. So, somebody right here is struggling right now. You may, have, you may have been promiscuous. You may have engaged in infidelity. But God says, I'm going to give you grace. God says, I want you to believe. He says, I want you to come closer. He said, I want to establish you according to who I've created you to be. And I'm going to, I'm going to name you and identify you based on your purpose, not your past. So, if you are struggling to break the bondage of the chains that your past has, come closer, 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 come closer. So, why is God calling you? He's calling you because he wants you to be a willing, intentional, engaged participant in the process of who he has created you to be. 
So God is calling you to invite you to believe him and follow him. He's, he wants you to accept the invitation. If you're not sure that you have ever given your life to Christ, this is your call. And just let you know, I grew up in the church. We went to church seemingly every day. And I can tell you when I truly accepted Christ and said that I believe. on my deathbed but I thought was on my deathbed at the age of 29 I had been in church all my life and I was in the hospital and I didn't know what to make of it and I said God what do I have to do to get my life back and he said give it to me I said I thought I had he said no you had and I was 29 years old so if you're not sure that you have given your life to Christ, this is the call for you. The next reason God is calling you is for you to have a closer relationship with him and to know him. God says he wants to know you intimately through experience. The purpose of him knowing you this way is so that he can drop a seed of purpose in your life so you can walk in fulfillment and walk in his grace and favor. God says, come closer. God is also calling you to empower and bless you to make an impact in the world around you. Eagle's Nest is time. The vision of this ministry is so that we can go out and soar and make an impact on the world around us. It's time for you to be established, empowered, and blessed. And lastly, God is calling you to reintroduce you to the world based on who he has created you to be. God not by my attributes, not by my past, but by the man that you are creating on the inside. Let your spirit within me radiate so that others can experience your glory through me. Thank you, oh God. So, if you have not accepted Christ and you want to accept him today this is your opportunity I want everyone to repeat this prayer because whether you're accepting him for the first time or rededicating your life or simply saying God I want to move closer whatever the call is you're saying God yes I will answer that call so with all heads bowed Repeat after me, God, I thank you for loving me in such a way that you sent your son 
Jesus Christ to die for my sins. God, I believe that he died and he rose on the third day on behalf of me. So God, I invite you into my heart to be Savior and Lord of my life so that my life will never, ever be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome back. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If you'd like more information about Pastor Lee or Eagles Nest Church, visit our website at eaglesnestchurch.org. That's all one word, eaglesnestchurch.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay connected with us throughout the week. If you're ever in the Atlanta area, we'd love for you to worship with us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Until next time, Eagles.